0: This is Tim Tap, and you're listening to Tap into the Truth.
1: America.
2: Gotta be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn UN. Taking your right to self-defense. They say you're safe, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn in their guns. All the unions always ask for more. All we buy is made out of Come a day when they'll be real hell pay. I've gotta be free. Damn
0: you. When. Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tap into the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host, Tap, coming to you alive from historic Rhone County, Tennessee, and so very glad to be with you once again. Thank you so much for being here. Really looking forward to the second hour today where I'm going to replay for you a conversation that I had with the purveyor of the Edwards Notebooks, the host of the Ron Edwards American Experience, Mr. Ron Edwards. Uh, we sat down this past Friday and uh, talked for the better part of an hour, and I, I think it was well worth the time. Uh, you guys can decide for yourself. I'm going to hold off to the second hour to play that, though. And uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk about a few things here. Now, for those of you that are listening to the rebroadcast on terrestrial radio, or if you just haven't noticed the post date on uh, the the podcast, wherever you may listen to podcasts. Uh time of this live broadcast happens to be on February the 6th, 2022, and it's right around 7 p.m. Eastern. I uh, had hoped to get an earlier start, but uh, didn't quite get there. Hey, what are you going to do? Anyway, we are here, and we're going to cover as much material as I can in a short amount of time. And speaking of podcast. You know, I'm still asking folks to to sign up to listen to the podcast wherever they get their podcast. You can find this show just about everywhere. Uh, we, of course, are rebroadcast on great terrestrial radio stations across the country, like, just as an example, KYH five forty AM Utah's Talk Authority, as well as other online platforms like The Last Frequency, uh, where we get to spend some time there as well. I want to thank everybody that's listening on all these various locations. But if you're on Spotify, I'm asking you in particularly to to like, subscribe, sign up, whatever it is that you have to do to every conservative podcast you can find. I mean, obviously, if you've got some far, far uber crazy wildcat guy that's technically on the right, uh, then maybe you can skip that one. But anybody that falls within the realm of rationality and reasonableness, uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Do whatever. That's to send a message to Spotify that you guys support free speech. You don't necessarily have to like the show enough that you would ordinarily want to go back and listen to it, although I would greatly appreciate it if you did. And if you do like it, then you need to be helping me uh, with this banner call And the reason why I started this was because I also wanted you to go over to Spotify. And if you weren't already someone that was subscribing or following or whatever it is over there, uh, if you weren't already doing this with the Joe Rogan experience, then it's well past due. But given the events of the last couple of days, I now almost think it may be too late. Joe Rogan and his podcast, the biggest podcast in the world. Literally millions of listeners uh, within the first couple of hours of these podcasts being available. He sits and has some of the most interesting conversations with some of the most interesting people around the world. He gets diverse guests and he asks legitimate questions from the point of view of the common person. Questions that a lot of us might be afraid to ask. That, of course, his willingness to have people on his platform that may not necessarily agree with the left was the primary reason why the left decided they needed to attack him, destroy him. They want him down. And I told you, as soon as Spotify made the first indication that they were going to bend the knee to the left, they were going to keep coming. It wouldn't matter what. And despite shows of support from people uh, like Kevin James... And then The Rock. Well, all that's going to do is put a target on their back. I mentioned that at the time. And The Rock has been targeted to the point that The Rock made a strong, strong show of support. And now has backtracked it. And now continues to be a target from the left. Mostly because of some of the things that The Rock, that's Dwayne Johnson, to those of you who only know him as an actor, When Dwayne The Rock Johnson was busy raising his eyebrow and talking about laying down the smackdown on all the candy asses, well, when he was doing that for a living, he said and did some things, some in promos and some in just hype uh, situations, that are very cancelable. cancelable, And English really is my first language, guys. He said some things that was spur of the moment. Scripted sometimes, not always. He ad-libbed. Some that many people now find to be very hurtful. Things that they had forgotten about or never knew about in the first place because a lot of the folks that are complaining about it, they're not fans of the WWE. They're certainly not fans of The Rock. But they're coming after. And they're coming after... Joe Rogan again, because now they went way back into the archives and they found some occasions where Joe Rogan used the N-word. Ooh, my, scary. Now, in these instances, he was not using it in a racist context. In some cases, he was merely quoting someone. Other instances, it's pretty clear he didn't mean it in a racist fashion, but uh, it still probably was inappropriate in those instances, but if you are quoting somebody, then I don't see why anybody else should let that word have that kind of power to hurt you. So Spotify now has over a hundred episodes of the Joe Rogan experience that is no longer available from the catalog there. They've just taken them down outright. Over a hundred episodes now gone. Now, there's no word whether or not Rogan is upset by this or not so far. He's been trying to appease the crowd, which is also a mistake, Joe. It's a mistake. You should have just stood your ground. But he came out, he made a secondary apology uh, video trying to explain the usage at the time and how it was, it was inappropriate then, even under the circumstances, and that uh, he deeply regretted it and uh, he was sorry. Again, as soon as you say you're sorry for any of this, the left just comes that much harder. There is no grace from the left. They're not forgiving. They're not willing to compromise at all. Now, in the very same week when we have some folks on the left that are trying their darndest to earn some clemency for Miss Goldberg, that's right, Whoopi is still She's still being sanctioned by ABC. She's still facing that two-week suspension. She's into that suspension now. Some of her fellow co-hosts are very upset that she was uh, suspended. They don't feel the need. They don't understand why. They were just having an honest conversation with each other. Generally, the kind of conversation that they would think should be protected speech. Isn't it funny how they want grace for their friends? But if it was me who had used the N-word or me who had said something about Jews in regards to saying, oh, well, you know, that's, that's not really a race. If I had said something like that, Even if I was saying it in the context of trying to tell you what Joe Rogan and what Whoopi Goldberg had said, I would face some level of criticism, and if I just flat out said them as being my own words, my own message to you, uh, they would be trying their darndest to have me canceled. There would be no forgiveness. Now, if I was in a situation like Joe Rogan, where I was merely quoting something, I probably still would have been cautious about Utilizing certain language. I probably would. But part of what makes Joe Rogan the guy when it comes to the podcast is because all the conversations you can tell are genuine and he's not self editing. And he's allowing, he's giving the green light for his guests to be that level of brutally honest and open, too. That's part of what sets his podcast apart from everything else that's out there. It's genuine, it's authentic, and it's real. And you should not have to constantly censor yourself. You shouldn't, especially if you're on a platform, if you're on a medium that people have to come to you to listen. People have to choose to listen to what you're having to say. And given the wide variety of guests that he's had, if you're not happy with a particular episode, you can skip that and go find a million other shows a million other broadcasts of the Joe Rogan experience that you would like and appreciate. I promise you, you would. And it doesn't matter what you're into. He has covered nearly every subject imaginable. Everyone from uh, entertainment, having artists and actors and celebrities of all kinds on, to the supernatural, to UFOs, to, to politics, of course. And like I said, just about every kind of topic you could think of He's had somebody on and they've discussed their real world actual experiences. So it's very authentic. But if I was Joe Rogan and I was doing something along those lines and had not been so cautious, had not self-centered and just quoted directly as it was, or was trying to make a point about how ridiculous the use of certain language by some groups saying that's okay, but other groups it's not, I would want... Everyone to consider my use of this unacceptable language in the context in which it's used. I would like the context to matter. I believe that the context should matter. Joe Rogan should have simply made the case that in those instances, Perhaps a lot of people would disagree with him as far as how appropriate it was, but he always did it within the context of the conversation. Now, he did say it was never done in a racist fashion, and it was always about quoting or certain context. But he didn't leave it there. He then bent the knee. He apologized. So it's done. When you got The Rock running scared, when you got... Joe Rogan bending the knee for the second time when you've got Spotify now removing hundreds of previous episodes from the catalog. You are now shining the the light of surrender upon yourself. You're waving the white freaking cloud, the white cloud, you're the white flag. You have established yourself as a legitimate target that can be moved, or in this case, their desire removed and I'm afraid it may be too late now to say even though you were in a position if you just stood strong you'd have been fine if Spotify had just told these folks to go pound sand and then stuck to their guns yeah they would have made some noise for a minute but as soon as they came to believe they were wasting their time they would have moved on to the next target we've seen this before now granted they come back around next time they had a chance but as long as you continue to tell them to go pound sand, they're not going to affect you. They don't have the power to cancel you unless you let them. Period. End of that discussion. They don't have that ability. You have to let them. Spotify, all you have to do is stand firm. Joe Rogan, all you had to do was stand firm. Rock, all you had to do is say, Finally! Finally! The rock has come back to find his backbone. And then everybody would smell what you had cooking, Rock. But now that you've run scared too, now that you've backed up, and of course, you made your statement without much foreknowledge. You're you're backtracking. This according to your message when somebody else on Twitter called you out. Saying, "Gee, Rock, with with the platform that you have, I would thought you'd have better things to do than to try to, to stand up for this racist, bigoted individual who uses the N word all the time. Which, you know, again, he doesn't use the N word all the time, and I'm paraphrasing. Okay, he didn't say all the time, but he did make that point. So then, the Rock responds and said, "Well, I wasn't aware of that. My initial reaction was to that of." an attempt to censor someone who's just trying to offer opposing views. But now that I know about it, I I think a little differently about the situation. And clearly, I hope you go have a, a productive weekend. Okay, and then from that, everybody smells blood in the water, Rocky. When Dwayne Johnson made that statement, that response on Twitter he waved the white flag, whether he realized it or not, whether that was his intention or not. That's how the Twitter mob takes it. And he's a target now, too. I can't tell you how many different posts I've seen of him uh, doing some of the promotions, especially back when he was having a particular large feud with Stone Cold Steve Austin, and they were doing this gimmick that supposedly somebody had tried to run over the uh, Steve Austin. So the Texas rattlesnake was supposed to be laid up and hurt. And Mick Foley was accusing the Rock of, of having done it. And so then he made the statement of, in case English isn't enough, let me say it again. First in Swedish and then in Chinese. And then he proceeds to just make some sounds, some noises that might, I don't know, vaguely sound similar to the way you expect the cadence and and phonics of those languages to sound. So there, they've got you, Rock. You're a racist now. How's that feel? Yeah, we know. We know. Samoan. You're black. It didn't matter, though, because you had the gall to stand up to the crowd for just a second. You had the gall to stand between them and Joe Rogan, their current desired target. And you, my friend, you are collateral damage, but they are coming for you, too. The fact that that is just One of many things they're going to dig up that they're going to find in your background, find in your career. I mean, while you were being The Rock for the many years that you worked for the WWE, I'm certain that there's plenty of other things that they can find and that they'll say is questionable. You shouldn't have done it, Rock. It doesn't matter if that was an ad lib. It doesn't matter what your name is. I'm still digging some of these Rock references. It doesn't matter if it was scripted and the boss man told you. You should have stood up and said, no, Vince McMahon, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, I will not do this scripted bit. Of course, then Vince would have done his ever so famous, you're fired. But, uh, you know, that's another thing entirely. It's absurd. It is absolutely absurd. As soon as you show any weakness to this group, they go for your jugular, man. So I'm very disappointed in the rock, uh, backtracking so quickly. I'm very disappointed that he hasn't taken the time to know enough about how this Twitter crowd works. You know, you would think that his time in the WWE would teach him a little bit about crowd, crowd mentality. You would have thought so the one, the one, uh, one of the very few times that he has been booed since he left the WWE as a regular performer but then come back for a bit was when he was standing side by side with Roman Reigns at a point in time when Roman Reigns was one of the most unpopular wrestlers in the WWE universe. He went out there and they booed him for being positive about Roman Reigns. You would have thought he would have learned from that experience that, okay, the Twitter mob is... A hundred times worse than just the standard crowd mentality at a wrestling event. But he should have known at that point, as soon as you sow weakness, the crowd piles on. That's it. That's what's happened here. And I'm sorry, Rock, you're not going to be able to apologize your way out. You need to just stand up firm. And I'm sorry, the, the folks at Spotify are not giving any indication that they're going to stand up. Joe Rogan keeps apologizing. Now, maybe he felt like he legitimately should apologize for the use of the N-word. Maybe he felt that way. Maybe he felt like the, well, I was just quoting, but you know what? I could have quoted and still just said, well, this guy said blah, 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 and then he used the N-word, only he used the whole word. Something along those lines. Maybe he generally feels now like that, but he felt it was important to make the impact then. He's a bit younger, a bit braver, a bit bolder. It's not like this was a recent event. I mean, it's one of the older shows that this happened. But they're combing through everything he's ever said. I'm sure they're going to find something from Fear Factor that they're mad about. I'm sure they're going to find something in pay-per-view footage when he was doing color commentary for UFC. They'll they'll dig back into the archives and find something from an older match and oh, well, he shouldn't have said that either. Because once they decide they're going to cancel you, they're going to dig in and they're going to try their darndest. And once you've shown the least little bit of weakness, they're going to keep coming. So I'm afraid. I'm afraid at this point it may be too late to show those signs of support for Joe Rogan. Because in this case, it wasn't so much about showing support for Joe Rogan as much as it was about showing support for freedom of expression, for free speech. For the notion that everyone should have access to to a platform that's widely accessible, that we shouldn't want echo chambers, let alone try to build echo chambers, that we shouldn't try to, to create every open public space and turn it into an echo chamber. It feels absurd. It feels absurd that this is where we're at, because that's what this is about, guys. I mean, the specifics of this instance, they didn't like the fact that Joe Rogan had a scientist on that actually helped create the RNA technology who had serious questions about the jab. They didn't like that. He was making some actual cogent, uh, honestly, medical points, and they didn't like it because, oh no, someone might listen to this guy. Oh, well, maybe we should be listening to this guy. Seems like he's pretty intimate with the knowledge about the RNA technology that led to the creation of the jab. Maybe he has some insight that our political leaders wouldn't even be expected to have. You know, just maybe. But no, that's not allowed. And then what pushed him over the top is that he had Jordan Peterson on. Oh, not Jordan Peterson. Oh, he's going to show up and he's going to tell all these guys once again that they need to embrace masculinity and they need to grow up. Well, we can't have that message out there. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yet, just back-to-back, two in a row. Joe, you got to go. We can't silence you. You won't play ball. You won't do right. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, in this case, what I'm afraid is going to happen is Rogan's going to apologize one more time about something new, and then Spotify's going to take that as an admission that Rogan is unsuitable for their platform. And then they're going to find any way they can to break their contract with Joe Rogan. Now, here's the problem. If Spotify was going to do that anyway, Joe Rogan would have been perfectly fine if he just continued and, you know, just held the course. You stayed the course and you keep doing what you've been doing and you keep explaining to folks, look, I'm not trying to make anybody mad. I'm trying to have what I believe to be interesting conversations, period. That was the whole point of this podcast in the first place. That's what I want to do. And that's what I'm going to keep doing because that's what I started doing. If you'd stayed on that course, it wouldn't matter what Spotify did. Some other individual, some other organization, some other platform would have come knocking on your door because you would not have lost a single listener. You would have probably gained a few million more, if that's even plausible at this point, because previous to this, you had a lot. And I'm pretty sure they weren't all conservatives, in fact, I'd be willing to say that a large number of your listenership would define themselves, would put their own label on them as being liberal, or possibly even admit that they're actually leftist. Because you've had some very leftist guests on, and you, sir, you, Joe Rogan, you are someone that leans somewhat to the left anyway. This you made clear when you said you were going to vote for Bernie Sanders you made it clear on a million other occasions, and that's fine. That didn't hurt your podcast numbers. And as long as you're somebody who's willing to have reasonable conversations and you just come to a different conclusion, I can live with that. I can respect that. I can still think that you're wrong, but I can respect the fact that you're having the conversations. You're listening to a wide range of people. You're not boxed into the echo chamber. And you were providing something that broke down the walls of the echo chambers. And that, more than anything, is why the left must silence you. I'm not a fan of what they're doing. But it was up to you to stand up, Joe. If you'd stood up, you would have landed on your feet. And you might still yet But now you will be damaged goods because these apologies are essentially an admission of leftist guilt, which in turn means you are guilty. All right, let's take that mid-hour break before it gets any later, and then let's uh, get into a couple of topics. Stay with me. I'll be right back. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth.
3: My name's Joe Biden. But the only way we put it behind us is if more Americans get vaccinated. We also know that as our economy has come roaring back, we've seen some price increases. Some folks have raised worries that this could be a sign of persistent inflation, but that's not our view. Our experts believe, and the data shows, that most of the price increases we've seen are were expected and and expected to be temporary keep forgetting
1: when it comes to american history it must be taught to students in a truthful manner it should also be about the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth hello i'm Ron edwards on today's page from the edwards notebook brought to you by constitutional grounds coffee Republicans are constantly portrayed as racists. President Trump was labeled racist for simply wanting to protect our borders. But consider the fact that it was the Democrats who murdered President Lincoln for freeing slaves. It was a Democrat who murdered President Kennedy. A Democrat murdered Martin Luther King Jr. Militant Democrats, known as the KKK, lynched many black Americans. Democrats enforced segregation unless they were raping black females. Democrats created the Jim Crow and poll taxes. Democrats created internment camps. Democrats created the Confederacy and destroyed good government schools catering to black Americans. And yet, conservative Christians and Republicans are called the racist. Hmm. I'm Ron Edwards... For Constitutional Grounds Coffee, simply go to BlueRidgeCoffeeCrafters.com.
0: Ron Edwards, the new voice of America.
1: Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Hello, this is Dan Perkins for your
3: Songs and Stories for Soldiers Veterans Tip of the Day. What veterans who are homeless or at risk of homelessness should do for help? Veterans who are homeless or at imminent risk of homelessness are strongly encouraged to contact the National Call-In Center for Homeless Veterans at 877-4800. VET. That's 877-424-3838 for assistance. If a veteran does not have access to a phone or the internet, only then are they to visit the closest VA medical center without calling in advance. All veterans should contact their VA medical center before visiting for any reason. These steps are necessary to prevent the spread of COVID-19. So here's your Veterans Tip of the Day. Contact the VA at 877-424-3838 for more information. The VA wants to help. This has been your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans Tip of the Day. Our Constitution is a document in which we the people tell the government what it is allowed to do. We the people are free. Just a song before I go To
2: whom it may concern It's easy to get burned You think it's a dream
0: Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. I am, of course, your ever so humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tapkamatia from Roan County, Tennessee. And you are listening to Tap into the Truth. All right, uh, before I get onto the next two topics, and I'm really going to try to get two topics in before uh, we close up this first hour want to remind everybody that what you need right now, if you're trying to watch your weight, if you're trying to, to get yourself a little bit healthier, but you got a sweet tooth a lot like I do, then what you need is a candy bar. Well, okay, not just any candy bar. In fact, they don't even claim to be a candy bar. They claim to be a protein bar. But here's the thing. It's Built Bar. Uh, check out Built Bar, and what I'm going to ask you to do, is go down into the show description, copy the link that I have down there for you, paste that into your web browser, and go visit them. Now, if you follow that link, use the entire link, not just part of it, uh, use the whole thing. That's how they'll know I sent you. And if you're listening to terrestrial radio or if you're super busy right now, don't have time to go visit them, uh, then a little bit later, if you will spend a little bit of your personal time, come visit me at tapintothetruth.com. That's T A P P into the truth.com. Uh, you can scroll down that homepage and you will see right there for everyone to see uh, several banners, and you can click on the banner for Built Bar, it'll work just the same. And I'm just going to tell you, go check them out, visit them, see all the great flavors they currently have available, along with the other items they have available, Uh, rather than sit here and uh, spend all kinds of time trying to explain it all to you, just go see it for yourself. Follow the link, or mm, punch the uh, banner. All right, Uh, let's jump into these things, I'm going to have to hurry Uh, First and foremost, uh, Stacey Abrams went viral. Uh, She went viral this time because she attended an elementary school where she was going to be reading to some children, all part of the effort to become the next governor of the state of Georgia. But the thing is, that particular school district had a mask mandate in place, and all of the students were required to wear a mask. And all of the students that she was pictured with were wearing a mask. She, Stacy Abrams, still hasn't conceded the last gubernatorial race. In her mind, probably running for re-election to the office of Governor of Georgia. She was not wearing a mask. So uh, here's the story. Uh, Georgia gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams took some heat over the weekend after appearing without a mask at a public school where the students are still required to mask up on a daily basis. Uh, The name of the place was Glenwood Elementary School. It's just outside of Atlanta. This was all part of the kickoff of the third annual African-American read-in where she met with young students and teachers. Now, uh, the principal, uh, Dr. Holly Brookins, uh, took to Twitter after the visit to post four pictures on her Twitter account of Abrams' visit, which included three pictures of Stacey Abrams without a mask, despite the Decatur County Commission reinstating a mandatory masking ordinance last month, meaning that the whole county is supposed to be masked up. Now, I would ordinarily applaud Stacey Abrams for not wearing the mask in this situation, knowing that these young children are basically safe from, well, from just about all the variants of the COVID-19, but especially the Omicron variant, which is still the most prevalent version that's roaming around the United States at the moment, I would... I would applaud her for saying, I'm not playing this silly game, and neither should you. Only that's not what she did, is it? She took it off because she wasn't comfortable. She took it off because she claims she couldn't possibly read to the children wearing the mask. See, uh, again, rules for thee but not for me is the mentality of all these leftists. And even then... Even that I would have still been willing to stand up and say, hey, you know what? For Stacey Abrams, for anybody, none of us should still be wearing these masks. Certainly not just a cloth mask. Unless you're wearing a, a KN95 mask, then it's not doing any good anyway. This is common knowledge now. This is admitted by the CDC and by the WHO and by every medical professional out there uh, who actually is in a position to understand that for a mask to work, the holes in said mask have to be smaller than the thing you're trying to keep from passing through. That's how masks work, effectively. So I, I would even be willing to say, okay, sure, a matter of hypocrisy, but eh, Nobody really should be doing it. So maybe somebody else will follow her example just the same. So maybe she'll have a a good effect, even though that's not her intention. But you see, I can't even say that much more because she followed it up with all this because she got caught red-handed and her opponents in the race, then they jumped on. They pounced. You know, that's, that's how the media likes to to frame everything. They pounced. Radio host Clay Travis was among uh, some of the more well-known names criticizing Abrams, tweeting out, quote, the number of left-wing politicians who post photos posing without masks while all the kids around them are wearing masks is stunning. Here is Stacey Abrams doing it. This is child abuse. Another picture of the unmasked Democrat surrounded by the children. Uh, This is in Decatur, Georgia, Elementary School, where they have a district wide mask mandate. That from Kelly at KGA. Rich Lowry uh, said, Confirmation, if any were needed, that Stacey Abrams is a member of the Democratic elite in good standing. Mask hypocrisy is practically a status symbol now. So, uh, Brian Kemp, the current Republican governor, Key jumped on the bad wagon. Of course, this is for campaign purposes at this point, but he noted that Abrams wanted to implement statewide mask mandates for everybody. He said quote Stacy Abrams wants state government mask mandates for Georgians and their children. But it looks like they wouldn't apply when she's attending a photo op. <laughs> Independent journalist Glenn Greenwald said uh, and a number of others, by the way, noted that Abrams was just the latest in a long line of prominent Democrats who had been caught masochists recently, adding a crack about... Excuse me, I had to uh, <laughs> hit the button because of just a, a sudden sneeze, so forgive me, let me start again. Uh, Glenwall uh, added to his comment uh, and a crack about Democratic Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti and his claim that he had held his breath when posing for a maskless picture at an NFL championship game. Meanwhile, since Stacey Abrams is a very sophisticated and important liberal, I'm sure there's something in the science that justifies her being maskless indoors. Uh, Yeah, okay. Despite all of this, here's where my problem comes in at. The, um, the campaign for Abrams, they stepped up and they said that, uh, that this is ridiculous. They said that the people that are criticizing her for not wearing a mask, they're just making a, a false political attack. That it was pathetic and silly. Now here's my problem with that statement. If that was Brian Kemp, who was caught maskless, the Abrams campaign would be all over them. If it was David Perdue, who's running in the Georgia Republican primary for governor also and stands a really good chance of possibly upending the current governor. Now, it's still going to be an uphill battle. It's hard to unseat somebody who's seeking re-election in a primary But according to the polls, it's going to be close. If David Perdue had been caught maskless in this same situation, the Abrams campaign would be all over it. It's not just about the level of hypocrisy in wearing the masks. It's about the level of hypocrisy in trying to defend themselves from when they don't. The utter absurdity of what these people expect us to believe. The level of manure that they keep shoveling in our direction, hoping that we'll buy it. That we'll believe them. That they are somehow correct and appropriate. Do I personally believe that this attack is fake political? No. Is it political? The fact that they're attacking? Yes. But they're not the ones that made mask-wearing political in the first place, are they? No, that would be the Democrats. That would be your party, Stacy. What else... What else can you say? I mean, I honestly don't know... Other than, okay, again, hypocrisy abounds. This is where the Democrats are. Welcome to 2022. Democrat hypocrisy runs amok again. And they expect you to offer them grace, but never forgive their enemies. Never forgive their enemies, but forgive them Without them even having to ask. I mean, I, the, the entire double standard is at a whole new level. And speaking of new levels of double standards, the other story I wanted to get to in this, uh, this segment of the show. Black Lives Matter rioters sentenced to five years probation after trying to set a high school on fire. Double standard much? Yeah, So a 20-year-old man who went to a Minneapolis high school and tried to light a fire in the middle of a Black Lives Matter riot in 2020 was sentenced to just five years probation. This happened this past Thursday. Now, I'm not going to mention this guy's name, but he pled guilty to conspiracy to commit arson. He pled guilty. And then he received a sentencing in St. Paul, Minnesota District Court. As first reported by Fox News, he was taken into custody in June of 2020 after walking into a high school amid a riot and setting a fire in a trash bin. Security footage shows that he poured liquid on the ground as well as into a can and then ran away as smoke started to build. This guy was sentenced pursuant ...to the Sentencing Reform Act of 1984. And according to the court documents, which were reviewed by Fox News... ...the federal statute permits an individual to be sentenced to a term of imprisonment or probation and a fine... ...and to receive additional sanctions. Now, sanctions mentioned include... ...forfeiture of certain racketeering crimes and drug-related offenses a notice order to victims involving fraud or deception, and restitution in cases that involve property damage or bodily injury. The rioter was also hit with a fine totaling close to $34,000, and it's to be paid to the high school targeted. That would be Gordon Parks High School in St. Paul. Gordon Parks was damaged by vandalism and fire, according to the complainant, And in conjunction with this individual being charged, he's held accountable for that as well. The guy coordinated with friends and also uh, chucked rocks at law enforcement, according to the Star Tribune. This guy was a rioter. He wasn't the only rioter making headlines, but he was a rioter. Another rioter, last name Lee, Dodged a murder charge. We talked a little bit about that recently. Lee burned down a pawn shop in the middle of the Floyd riots, which resulted in the death of 30-year-old Oscar Lee Stewart. The U.S. Department of Justice relied on the uh, Hennepin County Medical Examiner's Office, which said Stewart's death was because of probable inhalation of products of combustion and thermal injury. Thermal injury? He burnt to death. Lee was sentenced to a 10-year prison term for arson. Didn't get hit at all for the murder. Didn't get hit with murder. Didn't get hit with negligent homicide. Involuntary manslaughter. Nothing. Just arson. Anybody believe he's going to spend the full 10 years there? But this guy, this guy gets five years probation. Yeah, he got a fine. Don't think anybody's actually going to expect him to pay it. Don't think there'll be any follow-up where if he fails to pay it, that he's going to face any legitimate uh, legal consequences. Because if you were rioting in the name of George Floyd, then you are a saint in the American system. You're an individual who was simply protesting, trying to defend the rights of, of everyone against this horribly racist nation. So, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously we need to look the other way, right? There's, there's no reason why law and order should matter in a case like this. This law that would hold him accountable for his actions at a much higher clip than this. Oh, those laws were passed by white men. That's part of that racist system we were talking about. That's why he needs to just be allowed to, to just walk free. Probation actually is is way too much. Probation just, again, shows how racist this system is. Because if this man was being treated like the hero he is, then they should just let him go scot-free. In fact, they should let him pick some random white person to, to just take the... the the fines and pay for all the damages that he committed because that could just be part of the reparations package that clearly he's owed. (sighs) Yeah, it's a double standard. It is a case where if I had committed a similar offense where if most of you listening had committed a similar offense, you'd have been thrown under a jail. You probably wouldn't have lasted uh, more than a week in prison, and you would be going to prison. Somebody would come after you. Somebody would shank you. Somebody would end you because they would know who you are. And the judges judges in the cases would be more than content to send you, you white racist son of a gun, uh, send you to prison for all the things that this other guy actually did. In fact, they're perfectly content holding uh, Americans without charging them uh, over the so-called insurrection. There are still people that have yet to have their first hearing that are being held in unreasonable conditions. Nah, yeah, but that's all right, See, because they were part of an insurrection. They were part of challenging the status quo. And I still love how the legacy media and the Democratic talking heads are still talking about the big lie, thinking that uh, they're referencing Donald Trump when in truth. The big lie is the fact that you guys honestly believe that there was an insurrection. The big lie is that that there was an insurrection at all. Was there a protest? Yes. Did it get out of hand? Yes. Did it meet the legal definition of an insurrection? Not even close. Still a lot of question marks for the more conspiracy theorist-minded among us in regards to uh, who was even actually responsible for the violence that day. Who was responsible for attacking police officers? Who was responsible for permitting certain doors to be opened? Who was responsible for the lowering of barricades? Who was responsible for not having National Guard troops on scene as a additional security as it was offered by the White House? No, 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 we're not going to do that. Why, Nancy? Why did you turn that down? Were you afraid that that might seem like a, a last political win for Donald Trump? Why well, I sent them there. Clearly, I, I did not want violence. Yeah, might have made the whole narrative a little bit harder to sell. It's already a pretty hard-to-sell narrative, though, isn't it, Nancy? I mean, you tried your best. You tried your darndest, and there's still a lot of people, even some people that claim to be on your side of the aisle, who typically would vote for you. They're scratching their heads, and they're thinking, what the heck are you people doing? Again, they want grace for themselves and their friends. And they want no mercy for their political enemies. And make no mistake about it, if you're an average, everyday American, typical voter, no matter which way you typically vote, you are still on their enemies list. You're beneath them. You're a peasant. You're low. And they, of course, are elites, they are important. They are the power, and you must kneel to them. You must bend the knee and pledge your fealty. If you fail to do so, you'll be crushed beneath their yoke. Right now, you have a mobilization of useful idiots, and you have a political class that is desperately trying to keep that small Put soldier army on the streets and available to act at a moment's notice. Heaven forbid that we should see a return to actual law and order. Heaven forbid that we should see a return to the concept that both sides should be held equally accountable in the same fashion. That there should not be a difference in how you're treated under the law based on simple things like skin tone. Religion, ethnicity, even your sexual orientation, none of these things should matter in the eyes of the law. Criminality is criminality, and criminals should be held accountable. Personal accountability, personal responsibility should be the first The first step that each individual has, but when they are going to be criminal and when they are going to refuse to be personally responsible for their actions, then the rest of America should stand united in the desire to hold them accountable. A just and fair punishment should one be merited. Also, just and fairness in the judicial system regardless, again, regardless of skin tone, regardless of circumstance, only focused alone on the situation. What did you do? Is it clear that you did it? What should the punishment for that action be? Have you already been punished in a way that is beyond that which the judicial system can amount to. Because there are occasions where you can commit an act of criminality and then just the fallout that you have to deal with is punishment enough. I I do believe that there are occasions like that. I have seen people who, you know, having to go to jail just delayed the real punishment they got. Karma can be unpleasant but people in neighborhoods who are unforgiving who refuse to offer any grace they can be far more unpleasant and do far more unpleasant things the judicial system in this country right now it fails it fails now because no one has the courage to stand up and assert the simple basic notion that we should all be treated the same. Regardless of skin tone. Regardless of religious belief. Regardless of the size of our bank account. We should all face the same treatment. If we can return to that ideology. Return to endeavoring to make that the status quo. Then maybe. Just maybe. We might be able To return to an actual form of justice, fairness, and understanding for one another. That's going to have to be it for this first hour. So if you're listening via rebroadcast on terrestrial radio, this will be it for now. Tune in again tomorrow to get hour number two. If you're listening to the podcast... Then don't go anywhere. I'll be right back just after this brief, brief break.
3: Anything to report? Uh, a successful a dump. I dropped everything at the dump. It all worked out. And by the way, I got a second load. Guys, coming. Anybody wants to help me unload? My mother believed, and my father believed that if I wanted to be president of the United States, I could be. I could be vice president. My mother and father believed. Look, John's last minute economic plan does nothing to tackle the number one job facing the middle class and it happens to be as barack says a three-letter word jobs j-o-b-s job
2: she was from a blue state clan taught to praise the little man Told that unions saved the working class He was raised a red state son To love the flag and own a gun Warned about the greed within the mass They met beneath the moonlit sky A college party drunk and high And when they had degrees they said their vows He couldn't say when Couldn't say how Couldn't say why She was different in his eyes They built careers and had a kid Tried to live like their parents did But both their parties taxed them close to death They learned to hate the public schools So much more from so much less.
0: You're listening to Tap Into the Truth.
3: My name's Joe Biden. All of this is more than half of Americans think President Biden will go down as one of the worst presidents in American history. I keep forgetting I'm
2: president. The USA is in a crucial. got free the way God made men, and I won't be ruled by the damn UN you're Taking your right to self-defense, they say you're safe, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn in their guns. All the unions always ask for more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I gotta be free.
0: Of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Tapp, and I'm coming to you from lovely, beautiful, and more importantly, historic Roan County, Tennessee. Glad to have you folks with me today. As always, I am very appreciative of every one of you that chooses to spend some time listening to this broadcast. Uh, no matter where you're listening at, whether it's terrestrial radio where we're being rebroadcast, or uh, various online platforms like The Last Frequency, or uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, because, you know, if you listen to podcasts pretty much anywhere, you probably can find the show. And uh, as far as I know, that might be where you're listening from. And regardless, thank you so much. If you are listening via podcast, I will ask you to go ahead and. You know, like, subscribe, share, uh, you know, all those wonderful things. Uh, Whatever you need to do so that you constantly get notifications when new episodes hit. And I would also like for you to go ahead and listen when those new (laughs) episodes come along. It's a small ask. I know with a lot of stuff out there, a lot of content, a lot of media stuff, you got to pick and choose. But, uh, you know, I'm a little biased, but I'd like to think this is a pretty good place to spend some of that time. All right, so today... I am in the middle of a live broadcast that's taking place the second hour of a two-hour show that transpired on February 6th of 2022. Now, I say that because I'm about to play for you a conversation that took place last Friday. That'd be February 4th uh, with my friend, the purveyor of the Edwards Notebook, the host of the Ron Edwards American Experience Mr. Ron Edwards. We ended up talking for the better part of an hour and I want to play for you that conversation now and so without any further ado uh, we will do that. I'll still look to take about a mid-hour break so you'll hear from me again about then. In the meanwhile here is me and Ron Edwards. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is once again my rare privilege, although it's not rare in the sense of not happening very frequently. It's my rare in so much as the level of privilege that it is. It is my privilege. It is my honor to welcome back to the show once more uh, the true conservative warrior of voice, for a new America. He is indeed uh, the man defending the seven pillars, uh, all that and so much more. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show once again, the purveyor of the Edwards Notebook and the host of the Ron Edwards American Experience, Mr. Ron Edwards. Ron, uh, first of all, thank you so very much for coming back onto the show with me. I always... uh, just enjoy our conversations regardless you've been very generous having me on your show on the regular here recently and so very happy to have worked out some of my technical glitches in order to start getting some guests back on mine and uh you know we talked about it before but so very happy to have you here with me back on tap into the truth
1: excellent you know i'm it's always an honor for me i i feel like it's a professional uh uptick every time i'm uh, on your show so um I thanks for the invite and uh, the opportunity to be on your show, sir.
0: All right. Well, you know, uh, I will certainly take the compliment, whether I feel like I deserve that or not. It, it is, uh, It means a lot to me to say that. Now, uh, we were talking a little bit before we uh, got started. I want to remind everybody listening uh, for the purposes of knowing uh, just maybe if some of this sounds dated. Ron and I got together on a Friday to have this conversation. So we're talking on February 4th. And uh, so uh, if it seems a little dated, if there's some new information that's come out, that'll be the reason why. uh, But it is completely topical as of this moment. But before we uh, got started, uh, Ron really had a topic that he wanted to discuss just a little bit before we got into some of the things that I had planned. And you know what? I can't tell him no, uh, especially considering that there is a legitimate discussion that needs to be had here. So, Ron, I'm going to let you – have your say on this topic, and then we'll talk about it a little bit before we move on.
1: You know something. Thank you so much, uh, Tim. But uh, I guess one word to describe what we're going what I'm gonna bring up right now is hypocrisy. Former Miami Dolphins coach Brian Flores experienced humiliation, anger during the sham job interview with the New York Giants. That's what how he describes it, a job that Patriots coach. Bill Belichick had mistakenly disclosed was not going to be his. In an appearance on uh, CBS Morning, Flores said that Belichick texted him and congratulated him on getting the Giants head job, uh, head coaching job, that is, even though he had not yet interviewed with the team. But Brian Dayball, the former Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator, had. And uh, so he got very ticked off. Uh, the uh, Giants had already made their choice, even though they were going to hire him. So he felt very humiliated. Quine sniffle hurt. But that happens a lot. I've even been in situations, not with football, of course, but where I found out that they'd already made a decision, but they had me in anyway for a position. And I ended up getting hired by that company later on. But uh, anyway, uh, even with... Um, the way things panned out, it's not like Mr. Flores was a, a winged coach. And see, one thing about uh, football players and athletes in general, if they like their coach, whether, even if they're an assistant coach or whatever, or coordinator, offensive, defensive, you'll find that a lot of the players will be chomping at the bit. Oh, man, we'd love to have him as a coach, as a head coach or whatever oh, don't fire our coach. We really love this guy. We'd go through a wall for this guy. There was none of that for many of the black players on the uh, Miami Dolphins uh, team. And the last two seasons, I admit, had been winning seasons, nine and eight, I think. Nothing fantastic, but they're winning nonetheless. And the two before that were horrendous losing seasons. So when you add the total up, guess what? It's four years and you add the total up, the, the total losses were still greater than the wins. So they said, you know what? Even though you've gotten a little bit better, a teeny weeny bit better, you're out. Well, he got all bent out of shape and said, oh, this is the most humiliating thing. It is a horrible thing to be black in America. Ah, oh, this is a plantation and there were other people coming out calling the uh, NFL the Planta- Great Plantation, this, that, and the other. And um, so, you know, they, he's making a big stink about it. And that's when I told you the cue ball head, um, you know, uh, Hugh Jackson, the former coach of the Browns, chimed in and said, well, you know what? They they, they, they wanted me to, uh, they offered me money to, to throw games. Now, there was no reason to throw games during his tenure at the Cleveland Browns. It was 31 and one, uh, Tim, 31 and one. So there was no reason to offer cue ball head a dime to throw a game. The games were, he was a no good coach. And, and when he was hired, I mean, I'm sorry, when he was fired, the Browns started winning immediately. And so um, you have these people Now he's getting support in the, in the um, dragon media and they're trying to make it look like it's a horrible racist situation. So you've got the big wigs in the media, especially on ESPN going after uh, the owner of the uh, Miami dolphins and trying to drum up the public outcry against them to make them sell the team to, to blacks. Yep. They want to sell it to blacks because they want a black owner. A black owner, okay? They want to be like the NBA. They say, well, they got a black owner in the NBA, Michael Jordan. Well, Michael Jordan only owns 40%. You know who owns the majority of the Charlotte Hornets? Russians. Russians. Anyway, I digress. (laughs) Um, And so to try to force this guy out, and they're also trying to bump up against the um, Denver Broncos owner and get him out and get them to sell. Well, someone approached Jim Brown about this kind of of crap going on and happened to be a a Korean sports writer who was drummed out of ESPN because he's not a politically correct pig himself. And so, you know what Jim Brown said to the guy that he was a Korean reporter? He says, "You're, you're Korean, aren't you? And he goes, yes. He says... And Jim Brown then turns to his friend who happens to be black. He says, see, they get it. They're not worried about symbolism. Owning a franchise would just be symbolic. Black people are hooked on symbolism as opposed to real action, such as the South Koreans. They own their own communities. At least they own their own businesses in their communities. Their families are intact. They don't hate this country, so on and so on. And Mr. Jimmy Brown, I, I, I've i known him since I was very young. One of my dogs that had puppies. We ended up giving uh, one of his sons uh, one of our puppies, or I gave him, it was my puppies. But, you know, um, the guy has always been, when it comes to the political issues, pretty right on, even though he was portrayed as this radical Black Panther type guy, but underneath, he's more conservative than Mitt Romney um, and many other of the other rhinos out there. And it just and but but that that really explains the asinine nature of these. I call them black blacktivists. blacktivists. instead of activists. They're blacktivists Right. because that's all they do. They use every issue, every um, everything as, a, 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 I don't know, as, as, as an, a reason to go on some liberal or leftist campaign concerning racism.
0: Right. And in this case, it feels an awful lot like uh, they're looking for excuses, somebody else to blame for their own shortcomings. Uh, at, <laughs> at this point, it's fair to say that NFL owners are... Uh, perfectly content with hiring black coaches as long as those black coaches are capable of producing the results that are needed on the field. Uh, I, there may have very well been a time when there was a lot of resistance to that. Uh, I don't dispute that fact for a very long time, but I think we're well past it. Uh, the fact that you now want black owners uh, specifically, well, what about just the best owners? Uh, you know, you don't necessarily want a jimmy jones uh running things uh so hands-on instead of letting the coach do the coaching uh, you want a good uh, owner regardless of color and that's going to provide the best opportunities for all the players on the team of which by the way most of the nfl you're looking at a pretty good ratio of representation from the black community uh Nowhere's near what you see in the NBA, per se, but the NFL still has pretty solid numbers. Why? Because the best athletes can make it to that level. Uh, It's asinine to try to cover your own shortcomings, but it does make you feel better, I guess, if you can blame somebody else. And that's always been the fundamental flaw with the leftist ideology and how they've managed to uh, water down this sense of... Uh, self-worth in the uh, black communities, Ron. I mean, that's been the goal all along. They've been trying to dissolve the family unit. They've been trying to dissolve the merit of uh, the value of life and just the entire notion that you have self-worth as a black man in America. So uh, obviously it's terrible trying to be a black man in America when you've had one of the best jobs this nation has to offer in professional sports for crying out loud.
1: Yep. So I, you know, I, you know, black people as well as other liberals or leftists in this country need to grow up seriously. Uh, my father taught me a long time ago, who gives a rip? Get over it. Not every person is going to like you. Not every white person, not every black person, certainly not every, every black person is going to like me because I like this country too much. So that, you know, that they, they cast me on the ass sheep of uh, history as far as they're concerned, uh, whether it's family members or not. I mean, they have their own baked in bigotry, which is very hurtful and divisive. But when you hear these people running around talking about racist, racist under every um, doors, doorknob, you can, 99% of the time, Tim, you can be guaranteed that they themselves are leftists with racist tendencies. And I'm talking about whether they're white or black. I, I really believe that.
0: Yeah, typically only racists still care about the color of your skin. So if that's the most important aspect when they're talking about anything, uh, whether it's hiring practices down at the local uh, fast food restaurant or the selection process for Supreme Court justice nominee, if race is your primary consideration, uh, there's a racist behind that.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And see, this is why my dad used to tell me, get over stuff. And keep it moving because you really don't don't know the motivations behind what people are doing, especially these do gooder white people. These do gooder white people who run around here, they egg people on like Flores, and say, "Yeah, you need to get out there because you're a victim." Yeah, uh, uh, white people are 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 hateful racists, and this is the kind of stuff they. I have neighbors like that, Tim. My next door neighbor is like that. They still have a Black Lives Matter sign next door. I don't even speak to them anymore. I don't even, I don't acknowledge them. Yeah. I, if, I, if, I, if we're out at the same time and we're cutting the grass at the same time and we're right at the edge facing each other, I don't acknowledge them because I'm done. I'm done trying to be the friendly guy to people that hate this country and try to use false issues or false narratives to hurt people.
0: All right. I would like to take this quick opportunity just on a side note to point out to you breaking news, radio radio superstar Ron Edwards still mows his own grass. Okay, continue, Ron. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that, that's hilarious. But, Tim, you know, we, we better hurry up and grow up in this country. Yeah. One of the reasons why this country is in the, the, the crap hole that it's in it's because we never matured as Americans. In fact, is um, from the time of my childhood, and I remember the, 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 the adults, the young adults, and the older adults that I observed of my childhood. And then when I look at the people today. Can you imagine, even though he was a socialist pig, in my opinion, FDR still commanded a, a, a heavy image around the world? same thing for Churchill, same thing for Ronald Reagan, same thing for even Trump. But for the most part today, the leaders of America are very gumpish. They're very evil. I mean, evil gumps, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a terrible combination, but we have evil gumps that are leading this republic, whether it's in government, the economic world through the big, big pharma and all of that, and big tech. Through, uh, through the church world. And, oh, Lord, I, I, don't, I didn't want to get started on the church world, but it's there. It's there for the pickings. Yeah. You have the Franklin Graham or the Billy Graham organization admitting, along with other evangelicals, big time, that they've been working and continue to work with the Democrats to convince everyone to take the jab despite the fact that it's common knowledge now that the jabs are killers. And I understand now when you've read in the Bible where it says there will be a huge falling away from the church. I didn't get it. I didn't understand the the logic of that because I'm like, well, why are you going to fall away from, from him? I mean, we sin, mess up but then we, but we come back. But now I get it. The church is becoming so putrid. It's becoming in itself an asinine organization yeah. that is no, that is no good. And we have to mature as individuals and, and go for God ourselves. All right.
0: Yeah. I actually had a very similar conversation along that lines with Doug Giles relatively recently and oh. the the whole uh, the whole point here is you can't set foot in a church regardless of denomination within the side of the United States and expect to hear The word hell mentioned once, you can't expect to hear that there are consequences for your actions. You don't get those old school fire and brimstone sermons because so much of all of the denominations uh, now are run, all the organized churches are run by people that are either left-leaning themselves Mm -hmm. or so scared to death that they might lose their tax-free status that uh, they're afraid to step up, stand up, and speak truth. And it's a shame, Ron. It's a shame that here lately, and and I'm proud of our friends and neighbors to the north. Don't get me wrong. I, I love our Canadian listenership too. But it's a shame that here as an American, we're having to look to Canada for churches that are willing to stand up to the government and tell them, no, nowhere in the word, nowhere in the gospel does it say that we bow down to such silliness. Nowhere uh, do we uh, feel the need to close down our services. And I hear the render unto Caesar what's his Caesar's. And that just means give him uh, what's legal to do. When they overstep their bounds, the church led by Jesus. If you are a Christian in particular, you were led by a rebel rouser, uh, a man that was overturning organized religion at the time. You know, every time somebody says... What would Jesus do? It's important to remind him every now and that means flipping over tables and whipping the money changers because it happened. (laughs) Read the gospel. But you don't hear that in church anymore. Nope. We have to look to Canada for the the trucker convoy, the freedom convoy. Now they're trying to organize one down here too, but – Uh, again, loving my Canadian brothers and sisters and neighbors, loving them so very much, and glad to see that they're finally pushing back something they should have been doing much longer time ago. But they're now leading the way. That's embarrassing to me as an American who's a freedom-loving American who loves the Constitution.
1: Tim, I said the same thing today. I am embarrassed. I really am. I'm embarrassed as an American. It's, it's, It's... It's something I think we need to ask God forgiveness for, because we, the, the United States of America, by the grace of God, invented the concept of liberty, which means freedom with responsibility. But we came up with that. It was inspired by the Word of God, because you can go into the Word of God going all the way back to the time of Moses, when the power and the importance of the individual was first heavily emphasized to uh, Moses by Jethro. But that's where it comes from. That's the root of it. And how we are personally responsible for our walk and what we will answer for. And the United States, conversely, declared that we are responsible for how we live in this nation. We should be responsible for our, our property, our family, and it's even for its our protection. Yes, we have supposed to have civil uh, protections like police, the thin blue line and all that, but we're supposed to be personally responsible. Parents should be more personally responsible for the, you know, the education of their children and passing down these great tr- traditions and, and, and correct education uh, through each generation. When, when, remember when it used to be more hands-on back in the day? Um, as if we were alive back then. But I mean, Benjamin Franklin got a lot of his talents or, 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 or from his dad. Yeah. But now we had to go away for an apprenticeship and which out of that came the invention of the uh, printing press and all of that. Um, but that. But, but the parent, his dad gave him a foundation Absolutely. And and you can tell who got a foundation and who didn't. It's so so apparent.
0: Yeah, I mean it really does circle back around to what you were saying at the very beginning. Uh, Folks need to grow up. There has been zero expectations put on nearly uh, two generations of children now.  … and we're seeing the results. When you start getting participation trophies instead of trophies for actually accomplishing something, when you start getting grades uh, rounded up and uh, bad grades thrown out and and no Fs given uh, because it might hurt someone's feelings, well, then you can't expect these people to ever behave like… Mature, responsible individuals because they've never had any expectations put on them. But Ron, we're going to have to put a pin on that part of the conversation right there because sure. we are closing in on that mid hour break. So if you will bear with me, sir, for just a brief moment, we'll be right back and we will continue with Ron Edwards. Don't.
1: I'm Ron Edwards, host of the Edwards Notebook, and you're listening to Tim Tapp and Tap into the Truth. Biden administration, paper tiger regime continues to show utter weakness and our international enemies are licking their chops and the world is unraveling. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards on today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Since the Biden regime was installed, the international stature of the United States has declined precipitously to an all time low. Ever since Biden demonstrated his willingness to put the United States at a strategic disadvantage, enemies from South America, North Korea, China and beyond have had a field day with the permission of Joe Biden and his handlers. Putin got his pipeline. China is planning to take Taiwan after the Olympics. The terrorists own $86 billion worth of U.S. military hardware and are murdering Americans and Christians left behind in Afghanistan. The globalists and Biden are sniping at Putin and are not telling you the full story as to why he is upset. Putin is not a globalist, and the Ukraine is a crooked nation that engaged in financial arrangements with Biden and his son. Biden is trying to convince you that Putin is the big heap problem while ignoring the real threat that China poses to the entire world. I'm Ron Edwards. For Constitutional Grounds Coffee, simply go to Blue Ridge CoffeeCrafters.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition.
3: Come on man all men and women created by God you know the you know the thing I'm a line dog face pony soldier I got hairy legs Who said they don't cry
0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. I want to take a quick moment to remind you that one of the most, absolutely positively most, America-first companies out there is Hero Soap. And if you haven't already checked them out, let me implore you to do so. And if you'll just do me a small favor... Check out the show description. You'll see a link to Hero Soap. If you will copy that entire link, paste that in your browser, uh, and then go visit them using that link, then they'll know that I'm the one that sent you. And if you're not in a position to do that right now, if you'll visit me at tapintothetruth.com, that's T-A-P-P, into the truth, all one word, .com. Uh, you can scroll down the homepage and you'll see banners for Hero Soap. You can click on one of those banners and that will work just the same. And all I'm really doing is asking you to do that one tiny little favor for me. And I think, I think you'll end up having enjoyed your time there. Uh, part of the reason why is because they're going to do a much better job of showing you and telling you about everything they've got uh, than I'm going to be able to. So uh, just go visit. Now, with no further ado, let me continue uh, the the conversation with Ron Edwards from this past Friday. All right, and we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so very much for staying with us through that very brief break. And now I am... Getting to continue to have a blast having a Friday night conversation with my friend Ron Edwards. Yeah, that's right. He's my friend. He's your host when you listen to the Ron Edwards American Experience. Uh, Ron, before we jump back into uh, topics, and uh, we certainly had a great conversation to this point, at least I think so, um, I want to give you a chance to remind all the people listening out there where they need to go to uh, should they desire to find your work.
1: Well, it's a little difficult because my website has been hacked and my web guy is unable to change the time on my website. So the wrong times for my show and things of that nature are locked back in. what happened was I was supposed to, I bought more walls of protection. And so then my web guy went in to change and correct the time. And there was some little glitch or something that happened. And so we called uh, the, the, the company and they said, okay, we got it and blah, blah, blah. And so they fixed that problem, the hacking problem. And then I think they were left as pigs. They locked in and turned, you know, reset the time listings back to the old time listings. And so, if you go to my website now, you'll find the wrong time. Okay. Well, Instead of, and and so I'm, I'm I'm trying to get that situation fixed, um, but I, we got to get rid of these leftists. But anyway, uh, you can, you can find me at three p.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday on KStarTalkRadio.com. That's the Ron Edwards American Experience. And you will also hear the Edwards commentary on various stations, including overnights during the Captain's America Third Watch on Salem radio stations uh, throughout the Republic. And um, that's about it, Tim. Uh, you know, the the, the the show is replayed on various stations around the country, especially on the weekends. And uh, that's about it right now. So, yeah. Uh, well,
0: you know, you say that like it's still not a lot. And I'm sorry, you're going uh, Monday through Friday at three and then you're still doing a broadcast on Sundays at five. So you're working six yeah. days out of seven to bring forth the show. Uh, so, you know, even if that was all you were doing, and I know you're doing more things, uh, if that was it, that's, That that's still a lot. So don't sell yourself short, my friend. Uh, okay. Uh, now. Uh, Let's jump back into it. You mentioned uh, in the earlier segment about uh, how sad and pathetic so-called leadership is in this country right now. You didn't put it exactly like that, but uh, I'm paraphrasing just a little, uh, not changing much. Part of that so-called not-but-claiming-to-be leadership uh, falls directly into the hands of barely-there Beijing Biden. And he did something this past Thursday that really got under my skin. I I would imagine it probably did yours, too, a little bit. Uh, He was uh, trying to uh, do some virtue signaling uh, in New York while he was making an effort to push once again the leftist ever favorite agenda of gun control. And uh, he made a statement. One has been completely, totally debunked more than once, but the left keeps letting him go out there and say it along the lines of, uh, your Second Amendment rights not being being damaged by this because uh, you weren't always allowed to buy anything you wanted. In the Civil War, at the time they passed the Second Amendment, you couldn't go buy a cannon, which actually is completely false. You could go buy a cannon. Lots and lots of private uh, citizens had cannons at that time. But the part that really bothered me was the fact that he targeted specifically one of the most popular firearms in the country he called out the glock 45 and he called it a weapon of war why because it has a magazine capable of holding 40 rounds that's a weapon of war no no it is a popular civilian handgun by definition it is not a weapon of war uh but again, this is part of the left both lying and trying to normalize the idea that all guns in the hands of the public are bad. Now, I did kind of like the one one thing that he said in the statement was when he said uh, we don't need to be defunding the police. But even then, that scares me a little bit because I know that the leftists expect the police to be their personal uh, – Paramilitary and enforcing their rules once they have full control. So they go about it in a manner of uh, they don't want all police to, to be armed. They just want the police they have in their pocket to be armed. Uh, but with all that aside, the Second Amendment again now is officially under full assault. By the Biden administration, I'd love to get your thoughts on uh, his little speech that he gave, and exactly what we can expect from the Biden administration moving forward, and their efforts to once again disarm the American public.
1: Well, not only are they trying to disarm the American public, they are um, inadvertently unleashing legions and legions of criminals throughout America to get away with, for example, four million five hundred and. 858,150 rapes, robberies, and aggravated assaults. The FBI reports 21,570 murders. Now, of those, there's 350,460 rapes, robberies, and aggravated assaults, and 13,620 murders involved firearms adding those numbers up, 7.9% of all violent crimes used guns. So the prevailing or the pervasive uh, majority of violent crimes do not even involve any firearms. Now, most people, because Americans don't like to read, they don't like to look beyond whatever CNN or Fox are telling them, they don't know these things. But all you have to do is look a little bit. Now, relying on public health researchers, Democrats blame increasing gun sales as the cause of the increase in violence. But while violent crime reported to police rose 5% in 2020, you cannot blame that increase on guns because gun crimes actually fell by 27%. That's according to the National Crime Victimization Survey, which also finds a similar 20%, 27% drop. So when you are approached or you hear these talking heads in the dragon media espousing the virtues of going after guns, of the law-abiding citizens, by the way, never, ever saying anything about going after gangs because they're too busy letting them out and they're too busy letting out uh, Mexican gang members into our society because their goal, including Mayor Adams, New York is to bring about as much heinous, scary, vicious violence as possible so that the people will finally cry uncle or aunt or tranny or something and say, we give up, we give up. We need a national police force. This is what it's about, my friend. This is what they want to go for and see. Once you have a national police force, you can bring people... And they want to bring in a lot. That's why they have a lot of foreigners that they brought into this country. And they would fill the national police force with a lot of foreigners who did not grow up with us, who do not even have a sense of Americanism, who wouldn't care if they dropped us like a bad habit just, just by seeing us. Right.
0: In fact, we're already seeing this movement. The organization that they plan on turning this into already exists. The Capitol Police Right, uh, we, we know that they've been opening offices in Florida, in Texas, in California. What does the U.S. Capitol Police need offices anywhere other than in the U.S. Capitol? Just what you're no, talking about. Just what yeah. you—the beginnings of that national police force. But uh, go ahead. I...
1: You know that's 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 excellent. Um, you've got bail reform where people are allowed, violent criminals, thugs, knuckle-draggers are allowed out. I could beat the crap out of somebody with a baseball bat in New York City and other liberal havens, and I would get right back out because of the bail situation. In Harris County, Texas, criminals released since 2018 on little or no bail, some of them previously charged with murder, have murdered 156 people, none of them law-abiding citizens. In Nevada, Democrat Governor Steve Sisolak championed a measure gutting the state's three-strikes law where criminals convicted of their third felony faced additional prison time. He replaced it with a rule allowing for six or seven felonies before the perpetrator faces additional punishment. So you could get out there and do all kinds of stuff to, to people. And this is why, Tim, we have to fight like never before. I mean, we have to fight harder than the Revolutionary War heroes to maintain or re-reobtain our constitutionally recognized liberties like self-protection. Because they are coming with fangs gaping. After what remains, it's now like a tattered remain, uh remains of, of our unalienable rights. And if we allow this stuff to 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 go by the wayside, we're done. We are, as I like to say, done, done, done. So my friend, I got the facts, there's a lot more here. But the fact is we have no choice but to dig our heels in and go crazy. We gotta we gotta get cray cray. Because I believe that if we join the Canadians with the truck situation. Now, I know Trudeau contacted Biden and said, you really have to be- basically come become more draconian. And in- you-, you-, you have to become more draconian in your country and clamp down on your people. Because the world knows that if the American people, the sleeping giant, really waking up. Who's going to put the kibosh on 160 million Americans fired up for liberty? Who? The only thing that could stop us would be God. Yeah,
0: Yeah, absolutely no one in this world, that is for sure. And we've proven it time and time again when we can put our differences aside and step up for doing what we know to be right. There's just so much of a divide right now. And The leftists have been very good – At putting that divide in place, having a lot of folks believing what we were, again, uh, going back to our earlier discussion in the first segment, uh, following into the lines of the Bible, believing that what's bad is good and then what's good is bad. What's good is evil and what's evil is good. Uh, That's where all this uh, circles back around to, and this is one of those primary reasons why they're so desperate to disarm us. And you're right. That's also one of the reasons why people like – I'm I'm, I'm going to break one of the rules, Ron. I'm going to break one of the rules. I'm going to say his name. It's one of the reasons why George Soros is spending oh. so much – I know, I know. I went there. I'm, now I'm banned in 14 countries. Uh, but uh, this is why he's spending so much money in local DA elections to get these soft-on-crime uh, DAs, which – I'm sorry, I don't even think that's an accurate description. He's, these people are not soft on crime. They are rooting for the criminals. They're trying to to create more crime, and that's exactly what we've been seeing, even though we have people like Jen Saki and even the vaunted scholar Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez telling us that uh, these are just uh, scary stories that conservatives are telling us. They're not really happening. Well, tell that to somebody that just had their kids shot uh, well, because they were walking out to their car. Yeah, these things aren't happening, Ron. We're making it up.
1: Oh, yeah. We're, 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 we're storytellers. Um, like, um, I don't know. We're, we're, we're just telling Grimm's fairy tales. This is the modern version. Um, but but we, we really have to uh, clamp down on this stuff. See, what we have to do... And we did a little bit of this in Cleveland when I would come home for the summer. And some of my friends would tell me, hey, Ron, you know, Mrs. Jones, they broke into her house. Such and such was happening. And we realized that it was happening like at three in the morning and stuff. So you know what we did? Some of us got dressed up in all black. And we had a friend that had a real old raggedy band. (laughs) <laughs> and we went out and we just said, we're taking, taking out the garbage. That was our, our code. Yeah. And we did literally, we took out garbage and, um, um, things improved. That's all I'm going to say. Things did improve when you take out the garbage The smell goes away, you mop up and, uh, you clean up. And, 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 and I don't think, considering how heinous, those thugs were, they didn't just break in and try to take stuff. They, you know, they would do things to those people. Yeah. And so biblically we were correct. I mean, I, You don't, you don't rape old people. You don't do things like that. You don't do that.
0: Yeah. I, I also grew up in a community where they would often sit back and let the uh, legal system have its say. But if for some reason the justice system failed and there was no question, there was no doubt, if it was only a technicality, the neighborhood would self-correct. I mean, And I don't like having to be in a position where I sound like I'm a proponent of vigilantism, but I also don't like having a crime rate going through the roof at such ridiculous levels knowing that the solution is actual enforcement of the law… And if law enforcement isn't going to be permitted to do it by the so-called powers that be, then it does fall back into the citizens. That's why we are considered sovereigns in this nation. We have that authority. Ever yes. hear of a citizen's arrest? Uh, that's a real thing, and, <laughs> and it, it does happen, and not just on old television shows, uh, which sadly <laughs> has been a, a lost uh, concept in the modern uh, leftist globalist vision. Uh, Ron, we are quickly running out of time, and I absolutely hate that because you know we've we've really only touched on a couple of subjects. Although we've uh, uh, managed to sneak a few extras into the side that are directly related, um, if if we can just get your thoughts in about five minutes or less, I would still love the fact. Uh, that we have a moment to talk. Like I said, a reminder to the people listening to the rebroadcast, Uh, Ron and I are talking on Friday. So today was the opening ceremonies and the beginning of the Olympics, the Winter Olympics in Beijing. And there's already been controversies abounding, Uh, everything from Nancy Pelosi uh, trying to – Give advice to the U.S. Olympians to don't speak out against China while you're there. Well, that's great advice, Nancy. Why are they there in the first place? When even Al Sharpton comes out and tells Nancy Pelosi that you can't normalize what they're doing, uh, then you've lost the argument already, Nancy. Uh, But not only did we have that, but we've also had uh, China sending out one of the – Uyghur Muslims, as a, one of the athletes in the opening ceremony, is a big uh, F you to all of the Western nations that have been speaking out about the genocide happening there. And a Danish reporter got manhandled and drug off uh, while trying <laughs> to report on live uh, television. Uh, so we've had all these things, and of course we also had j Jay- Xi Jinping and Putin have their little meeting, and I'm sure it was just an effort to discuss, hey, uh, uh, Vladimir, I I would really appreciate it if you didn't invade uh, Ukraine until after the Olympics, and that way you can go and then we can go get Taiwan and we'll do it at the same time and nobody will see it coming kind of conversation. Uh, With all this going on, I I essentially have one question, uh, and then you can expound, like I said, for about five minutes. uh, Why are we even in – in Beijing for these Olympics? Why didn't the US just boycott? Why didn't the rest of the freedom loving world or at least claim to be uh, boycott these Olympics?
1: Because they're stupid. There's a stupidity is is so, is very pervasive. Um, It was very embarrassing. Even though I was in my own, the privacy of my own home, I I was morbidly just, I was mortified. When, when, when I saw nasty Pelosi uh, give that advice to the athletes, do not speak out because you don't want to, to anger the Chinese. Well, um, in reality, we should have been saying, screw the Chinese, to hell with the Chinese. And we should have been cutting off economic ties with the Chinese, taking that hit. We should have been building up my, our military. And we were under Trump, by the way. If Trump were in office or someone like him were in office, you would not have seen that little Xi Jinping and uh, Putin get together um, that we've seen today. That would not have happened. The reason why is because Putin did not even like Xi Jinping. Putin is not a globalist pig. Putin is being lied upon and being exaggerated upon, even when it comes to the situation in Ukraine. The most evil people in all of this are Xi Jinping, Nasty Pelosi, Joe Biden, and all the Democrats, all these people that, and people like Romney and all that, uh, Mitch Mitch McConnell and his, his wife, his wifey, um, and other people like that who are literally on behalf of China undermining this country. And, uh, you know, I've gotten to this discussion with a few people and uh, Tim and they say, well, Ron, if we cut ties off, it'll hurt us economically. Um, sometimes it takes a little pain to get more muscular growth. <laughs> have you ever worked out hard? And you, you, you have every time I work out, it hurts. I work out. I work out till it hurts, and when I run my stairs, I run up and down until I'm exhaust, exhausted, exhausted till I could hardly breathe. And I do that because of the, the the results that will make me stronger. Well, if we cut ties with China, we will be hurt only temporarily because of the nature of our nation. China would die on the bond. Wouldn't die, but it would uh, become a much lesser nation. And remain so in the long run, because not Europe, not Mother Russia, not Africa has the economic wherewithal to be such a huge blessing to China that the United States has. No one has that kind of a massive economic outpouring and wasteful dollars like we do that they're just pouring in. And we have to do something like that. It needs to be cut off. Forget weaning and just tariffs, and I think we should execute huge, massive tariffs. It worked back in the 1800s. It worked in the earlier part of the 20th century. Those, those tactics that Trump used were heralded in, in prior era, American eras. But because we live in a fool's paradise, do you remember how many people condemned him for doing that? Well, it avoided war um, they were beginning to straighten up and fly right, at least act re- a little respectful towards this country. You had um, Kim Jong-un, rocket man, you know, just cheesing it, just grinning from ear to ear when Trump was popped up on the, um, the, in the demilitarized zone. I didn't know you were coming. Yeah. You know, the world was literally becoming a better place everywhere.
0: Yeah, I mean the Abraham Accords alone.
1: Oh my God!
0: And but yeah, to your point though, uh, we need to shut it off. How much? How much would it hurt now compared to how much is it going to hurt when China finally pulls the trigger and comes after us?
1: See, that's the thing. We are building
0: up our enemy right now, and you're absolutely right. The longer
1: we wait, see, the longer we wait, the more it will, will hurt, and it will hurt more if China pulls it. It's better if we pull it. Because we can we can pull it out the way we want to for, you know, so to to uh, minimize the uh, the effort, we can do it in our timing. We can warn our, 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 our company heads. Hey, look, you better bring your stuff back to the United States. Um, even if people have to pay a, l- a little bit more for stuff, at least they'll get their stuff. And because of our laws and regulations, their stuff won't be poisonous
0: Yeah, it it only hurts us economically now because we made the poor choice to let them take over manufacturing. That's our bad. But we are doing business. We are financially enriching. We are propping up a government that is literally at war despite the fact it's a Cold War currently. They are at war with us. They they, Mm -hmm. They come out publicly saying we are their enemy and that they will crush us. They are one of the few nations out there that still publicly says it. And they say it in front of translators, the leftist dragon media, as you call them, the uh, mainstream legacy folks. They hear it all the time. They know it's true. They won't come out and say it. They don't want the American public to know. And that's because right now they're getting rich, they're enriching themselves, and they think it's going to be a problem that's passed on to the next generation. They're not going to have to worry about it. But, Ron, as much as I hate to, that's going to have to be it for our time today, sir. Once again, thank you so much for being part of the broadcast, and thank you for uh, bringing such a lively uh, conversation on board. It's always a blast, and I always enjoy our time together, sir.
1: And uh, as do I, sir, and thanks so much for the invite. I look forward to the next time and Godspeed to you and your great audience. And uh, keep doing what you're doing, sir. All
0: right. And you do the same. Uh, you're mm-hmm. on the front lines. You are a warrior for truth and justice and the Christian way. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, Ron, uh, look forward to our next get together regardless. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Mr. Ron Edwards. Mm-hmm. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was indeed the full conversation that I had with Ron this past Friday, and uh look forward to uh, getting together with him again and uh, continuing these conversations. Uh, Ron was also kind enough to have me on his show again today, today, of course, being Sunday, February the 6th. So uh, with all that being said, you know what time it is, it's time to say goodbye, so uh, you know. As is always the case, I ask you for a few simple favors. First and foremost, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Meanwhile, stay safe out there if you can. Stay healthy if at all possible. And uh, be smart, guys, even if it goes against your nature. I'm out. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go Hey. Let's go, Brandon hey. Let's go, let's hey. go,
2: let's go